1: You're listening to The Bears Brothers Podcast and Postgame Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready
0: because it's time to bear down. <laughs> Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Audio Mailbag podcast, the Week Eleven edition. I'm your host for tonight's show, Nicholas Moriano, and I'm joined by my marvelous co-host, Brandon Hazlett. Brandon, how you doing, man? Uh,
2: just marvelous. Was not expecting that introduction. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I use marvelous uh, this week specifically because one, it exemplifies who you are Brandon but also honoring the great uh, Stan Lee that died on Monday that was a big blow to me obviously you know Brandon I'm a huge Marvel guy so I kind of wanted to incorporate something with Marvel in this introduction it just so happened that it worked out
2: I just want to want to say too I stopped at a donut store donut shop I guess uh, in Crown Point Indiana. it's called Comics and Donuts uh, their theme is, is comic books obviously they just have. All sorts of stuff over the walls, and this was Tuesday morning. I didn't hear about Stan Lee. Uh, and I walked in there, grabbed my donut, and sitting down, eating breakfast. And I scrolled through Twitter, and everyone was saying, You know, rest in peace to Stan Lee. And I went, No, there's no way, yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah, it, it was uh, it's sad, but uh, again, touched so many lives, so that we can never thank them enough. But Brandon, before we even start with the questions this week, I think we got a Talk about what happened about maybe an hour and a half ago with the Bears being flexed again. They're going to be playing against the Rams on Sunday night. That when I saw that as I was driving home, I was pumped. I know I wasn't too excited for this week because of the time crunch, but this one against the Rams, arguably the best team in football right now, or I mean, obviously, there's some good teams, but the Rams. And the Bears, those two explosive offenses on Sunday night. How are you feeling about that?
2: Well, since that's actually the first time I've heard this today, uh-huh. I am extremely excited uh, because it's going to be a very good uh, matchup, a good test against uh, what our up-and-coming Bears are going to do, and uh, against a you know a, a marker team, a team that we should really compare ourselves to as far as you know if we want to be the best. This is the marker, the standard we have to set. So I'm excited that they're going to put that on prime time.
0: I know, when I saw it, I'm like, no way, another one? So, there's been skeptics all week, and I wrote an article about that today, but the league is recognizing the Bears are for real, and it's so exciting. Uh, Again, the last Sunday night football game in Chicago was in 2012 against the Houston Texans. Now we're going to have two this year. It's exciting to be a Bears fan, for sure. But, Brandon... This is the Audio Mailbag Podcast. Are you ready to get into all these great questions? And this week, you guys, phenomenal. There were so many entries this week, and I was switching out questions left and right because I just I, I need to get the best ones in here. But thank you so much for submitting. But Brandon, are you ready to get into this? Let's do it. Let's do it. And our first question of the night comes from Dan. Dan, here's your question.
2: Yo, this is Dan. Bears brother, East Coast. Good question.
0: Why don't we take Brian
2: Nall off our practice squad and put him on the regular squad? The guy's 6'3", runs a four five forty. He's as big as, not bigger than Howard. And we need some
1: running. We need some people to break something up the middle. What do you think about that? Thank you.
0: To answer your question, Dan, will the Bears take Ryan Nall off their practice squad or should they? I don't think it will. I don't think it's going to happen. Right now, you think Matt Nagy is still trying to figure out the running game for Jordan Howard, right? And it might just, it would it be even a good idea to bring in another running back? If you can't figure it out with your feature back, what's the purpose of bringing another one in? Yes, some change might be good, but what's the message that you're sending to your team if you're bringing up a Ryan Nall? Really, as a Jordan, if you're Jordan Howard, you see that they're bringing up Ryan Nall, the Oregon State phenom, up. That's a good thing for your for your locker room for Jordan Howard. It's not Jordan Howard's fault right now that he's not having the season that we expect him to. Right? He's I think he's done everything that he's he's been asked to do, but the blocking hasn't been there. It seems like almost every time he gets the ball, there's just no running lanes, and when there is, he exploits them and he's able to run forward, get those additional yardage, and you know get in the end zone at times. But I just don't think bringing up Ryan Nall—he's a guy—he's on the practice squad for a reason. I know they have Taquan Mazzell right now, and he's not doing very well right now. The the running game isn't what it should be. But we've we've ta- addressed in earlier podcasts that it's it's different this year as opposed to years previous. So I just don't think it's a good idea to bring Ryan Nall up. It's it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Uh, they're really resorting to the passing game. You need to get the running game going, but I don't think the answer is with Ryan Nall. What do you think, Brandon? Is is the Bears' answers to the running game in Ryan Nall on the practice squad?
2: No, definitely <laughs> not at all. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's got all these great – stats you know you you list the combine numbers there in your question he's six foot three runs a four five forty uh and he may or may not be bigger than jordan howard i don't know that off the top of my head but if jordan howard can't find room what is a guy who doesn't have any nfl regular season playing experience going to find in an offensive line that uh zone reads uh sometimes really struggles to get a push Uh, i just don't know that that's really going to generate much of anything other than some I'll say discomfort for lack of a better word in the locker room, like you said, Nick, cause it's just not, I mean, Jordan Howard's, I like the success rate stat that you brought up last week. Uh, that one really speaks to me as far as well. You know, he's still going to have a quality year with the success rate uh, percentages. So reference back to that one. Uh, if you're, you're new and don't know what Nick was talking about there reference back to last week. Uh, I think it was on the audio mailbag as well that you brought it up. So I, I think that keeping Jordan Howard and Trico and they brought in to Mazel, last week and we were questioning that one so i think we would definitely be questioning ryan Nall's appearance on this team uh, but i mean jordan howard's fine uh it's just got a matter of getting in a rhythm and getting it going and that just reflects on the offensive line and the running back as well so once those two really get synced up and the run gets established like we i mean we haven't seen it hardly established yet this year then it'll be fine but i don't think ryan nalls an answer
0: yeah, I, we both can agree on that one. Uh, you made a really good point, though, about the inexperience. He's just a guy doesn't have any regular season experience at running back. And if Jordan Howard can't find the holes, no way Ryan Nall is going to do that. And now heading into week 11. So that's enough of Ryan Nall for maybe the rest of the season. And now we're going to go to a guy that I wish we weren't talking about. <laughs> it's Cody Parkey. Uh, the, the question comes from Steve. Steve, here's your question.
2: Hey, Bears Brothers. This
0: is Steve from Ogden, Utah. My question is about Cody Parkey and whether or not we bring in another kicker to kind of light a fire underneath him or replace him altogether. Now, he hit the upright four times in the game. Now, if he was trying to do that, that would be impressive, but he wasn't. Then he smirked about it. Now, having a bad game, I could tolerate. But having a bad attitude, that could be toxic to a team. When he was asked why he doesn't practice kicking at Soldier Field, he said it was because of the commute. Now, he might have been guaranteed $9 million, Cody, but this is no walk in the parky. Get your butt to Soldier Field and start practicing kicking into the wind the way Robbie Gold used to. We need to rectify this kicking situation. Do we do it now or do we do it in the draft?
2: Thanks, brothers. Peace out. Bear down. Steve, that's a, a very valid question. Uh, given the the situation last week, uh, I said in a somewhat joking manner, but still kind of somewhat serious, you know, that uh, hitting four uprights in a game is a little more impressive. So I should sign into an extension. That part I'm joking about, but the fact that he can hit four uprights in a game and he's never seen it done before, uh, I think that kind of speaks to, I don't know, maybe accuracy a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of it's inconvenience as well. But uh, when he says, you know, today in his press conference, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks about me outside of the guys in the locker room. Uh, I know I'm a great kicker. That tells me that he's still confident. And it's not that he doesn't have the experience kicking in Soldier Field. By this point of the year, he definitely does, even though he says, you know, I don't go to Soldier Field because of the commute. Uh, He said that he's going to go and practice tonight at the time that we're recording this. I think I didn't say what time, but tonight while we're recording this podcast, he said he's going to be there kicking field goals under the lights uh, to get used to it. And I'm glad that it finally took four misses off the uprights for him to finally do that. Uh, But it's just... I don't think finding a different kicker now uh, is really going to fix anything because there's not a whole lot out there. Uh, And then in the draft, I don't necessarily feel all that confident in one either because kickers can come and go. And if one guy is just not on rhythm uh, or not in sync with, I mean, whatever he's got to do to make field goals confidently, uh, then that really does a lot for his psyche. So I think as long as Cody Parkey's still confident in himself and Matt Nagy continues to give him chances, then there shouldn't be much of an issue i kind of take last week as a fluke, to be honest.
0: Hopefully it was a fluke because anytime you hit the upright four times, <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy in itself. I don't know if that's a world record or something, but uh, someone should probably look into that. Um, but I'm glad that Cody Parkey is taking the initiative with, uh, you know, the – Pat I think it's Paddle O'Donnell and uh, I, I forget, even the, the, the holder right now. They're all going to Soldier Field, and maybe they're there right now as we're recording this podcast, kicking those field goals. And that's what we need. That's what Cody Parking needs to do uh, because Bears previous Bears kickers have done the same exact thing, and you just have to get used to Soldier Field. It's not an easy place to kick. Someone that was playing in Miami previous to this, that's completely different weather. We were in Miami Brandon, one, we didn't like the weather because it was too hot. It was but, way too hot. Way too hot, but that's beside the point. It's just completely different. That field there, it has, it has been better, but it's still a hard place to kick. I was all for just bringing somebody in to, you know, just for competition's sake. Hey, look, we're bringing in this kicker. If you don't show out, then he could be a replacement. I doubt the Bears would ever do that because that money, they're kind of – uh, married to that money there—that nine million guarantees one of the highest-paid kickers in the league. So I think that the Bears wouldn't have actually um done that, but it just bringing in competition. You know, having healthy competition is always good. I think. So, but
2: do you you think that would have kind of like the same Ryan Null effect that we just talked about? Do you think that's in a bad message? And for a kicker, I think a lot of what he does is is mental, a lot of psyche, because uh, he doesn't have to go out there and hit guys. You know, it's just all the same repetition, same thing over and over and over again, kind of like riding a bike. You know, sometimes you'll fall off. And right now, I think he's kind of falling off, but you get back up and you try again and you can get back on and ride your bike no problem. I think that's kind of where he's at. Uh, But I don't, I think that would kind of send a similar ride and all thing that we were just talking about.
0: That's a good point. And it probably would, but you know, your play reflects that. If you play poorly, that's kind of what. Has to happen or what could happen We're going to bring in somebody else to see if they Could you know get the best out of you Um, And it was actually funny I was listening To the radio just coming back from the Gym and of course it was John Fox weighing in on the kicking Situation and he actually Made a good point he's like Any kicker that hasn't missed A field goal isn't Trying and I'm like you know what I know That's like a half uh, It's you know you could take it How you want it but it's very true. It's like a receiver dropping a ball or whatever it is, a quarterback throwing an interception. You haven't tried until you've done one of those things. And that's true. But you still want to see Cody Parkey make these field goals because like we just were talking about, the Bears now are playing on primetime, uh, Two more times on Sunday night, and they need to get every point they can. And Cody Parky's going to get his name called. And I hopefully it's this Sunday night game to where he has to kick an important field goal because you want that moving forward in the rest of the season. So to answer your question, I think obviously the Bears are sticking with Parkey. Uh, he seems like he's confident in himself. And we're just going to have to see how that plays out moving forward when the next opportunity comes for him to make a kick. We'll see what happens. All right, Brandon. So no more Ryan All, no more Cody Parkey. <laughs> let's let's get into our third question tonight, and this is awesome because this question comes from the whole other side of the world from Jordan, not not the person Jordan, the country Jordan. So here's your question. Hi, my name is Maher. I'm calling you from the other side of the world, from Jordan, Middle East, to be specific. Um, I'm a huge Bears, Bears fan since 2005, uh, after visiting Chicago a couple of times back then. Uh, my question is, is it too early to dream about making it to the Super Bowl? And do you consider this team better than the teams that made it in 2007 uh, or the teams that made it in 2010 to the NFC
1: Championship? Uh Bears down, guys.
0: To answer your question, I don't think it's ever too early to dream about making a Super Bowl appearance. And I'm not going to tell you what you should dream or shouldn't dream. I think that would just be wrong. So, keep on dreaming about Super Bowl. Um I personally I don't think it's this year.
1: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep. All night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
0: If this is year one of Matt Nagy and Miss Trubisky and doing what they're doing, they're exceeding expectations. But it is fun that we can even be talking about that. It's not really. It's not. So super crazy when you think about it it's it is a little out there but it's not super crazy had you have asked that question during the john fox era people will look at you in a weird way what, what do you think <laughs> Brandon? is it too early do you think it's too early honestly for bears fans to be thinking this could be a super bowl year
2: well week one i was thinking it could be a super bowl year i mean you don't go into a regular season thinking you're not going to win everyone's zero and zero you know uh but no i'll be honest uh i didn't think this would be a year that we could even bring up super bowl uh because i think i had them predicted at under 500 yeah because we'll brought it up their day uh, i was seven and nine on my record prediction uh so no i didn't have him going to the super bowl and i think that it's you know dream go for it man uh there's i mean i'm not gonna sit here and tell you no i just want to make sure that all expectations stay tempered uh and it's definitely not out of reach like nick said so i don't uh see an issue with it just make sure that you have got some sort of logical I guess explanation if you're going to discuss hey the Bears could reach the Super Bowl and this is the scenario how to do it so I'm going to keep my expectations tempered but it's always fun to dream
0: yeah I, I like that just you know have realistic expectation have a have some background or some you know you can back up your claims if you're saying something like that but to answer the second part of your question do you consider this current Bears team better than the one that made it Uh, made it to the Super Bowl in 2006 or even to the team in uh, 2010 that made it to the NFC Championship game, I have some statistics for you that uh, compares the 2006 team to the current team right now. In total yards, the 2006 team was fifth in total yards. Right now, the 2018 team is third in total yards, so they're doing a little bit better. Still, we have a lot of games left to be played. Um, 2006 team, was third in points allowed, 255. And these are defensive statistics, just to clarify that. Third in points with 255. 2018, so far, they're fourth in points with 171. In terms of takeaways, the 2006 Super Bowl team had 24 interceptions, 27 fumbles, and 20 of those fumbles were recovered. That is When I saw those numbers, I'm like, that is ridiculous. No wonder they got to the Super Bowl because that is crazy. <laughs> um, the 2018 team currently has 16 interceptions, 16 fumbles, and eight of them have been recovered. I mean, this, this 2018 team is doing work right now. So even though we just, I just read the stat line for the 2016 team, it, it, could, it could get there, which is crazy. And also 2006, they ended with 40 sacks. The 2018 Bears had 30 sacks, so they're probably going to exceed that number. And then in terms of stopping the run, they were 6th in the league. This current team is 2nd in the league in stopping the run. And then in for passing yards, it, they were 11th. They finished 11th in the league. And right now the current team is 12th in the league in total passing yards. And then I, I looked at the offense. Uh, I mean, for statistics-wise, they were 15th in 2016. 2016 team was 15th in total yards. This current team is 18th in total yards in points. That Bears team was actually second in the league in total points scored for offense with 427. They were tied for second. And this current team is tied for or is in sixth place with 269. So I, I don't want to keep boring you guys with stats, but just to kind of look at it and to answer your question, is this team better? I think overall they're more It's just more balanced. I mean, this Bears, this current Bears defense is playing lights out and is doing a damn good job at it. And then we just know the offense is so much better, so much more dynamic, the explosive plays, the quarterback play, Rex Grossman, Mitch Trubisky. I I don't even have to ask the question who you you would take in that one. But in terms of just being an overall balanced team, I'm going to have to go with this one. And... I know that team was great, and it made it to the Super Bowl and ended up falling one game short. But I'm going to take this one, and also you take it with you know the potential that they have. And I know that's kind of cheating, but that's where I would go with it. And then in terms of 2010, Brandon and I were just uh, talking about it before we went into this question. That was a good defense. It, don't get us wrong; it was a good defense. They it made it to the NFC Championship for a reason. But I would take I would take either one of these defenses. I think even though you have a Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, Peanut, Tim, like you have so many guys. But I think this one, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it could be a special unit.
2: Something, something about this one feels, feels good. Right. Like 2006 was, was really, 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 really good. There were a lot of playmakers on that defense. Uh, but when you compare it to this year, I mean, there's still a lot, a lot of playmakers on this unit as well. I would like to see uh, that matchup head to head if I could. We got to find some sort of Madden, uh, setting where we can play the 2006 Bears versus 2018 Bears. That would be an interesting simulation.
0: That would be an interesting simulation and uh, I mean both look we're both saying that both these defenses are great but overall (laughs) as a team I think we would go with these Bears and again the first year of Matt Nagy and we're taking these Bears over a team that win the Super Bowl. It's crazy. It is crazy and
2: I'm not going to add I'm not going to add anything to your point Nick. if I did a very good job but to go back and answer the First question, you can use these stats, Nick, just right off to reinforce your dream about the Bears going to the Super Bowl if uh, you really want to.
0: There you go. There you go. And, Brandon, we have a follow-up question. It was from a different caller. It was from Kyle from Plainfield. I'm not going to play the question, but he had an interesting second part of his question, um, which asked, which former player do you think would be a good fit in Nagy's offense? And he did mention, like, you could just – probably plug in Walter Payton and it would be the greatest thing you've ever seen and most likely that would happen because that's just the player that Walter Payton was um but I thought it was just an interesting question to to hear what we had to say. So Brandon, do you have a guy in mind if you can bring some a former Bears player and add it to Matt Nagy's offense? Who would you bring?
2: I think I'd bring Bernard Berrian. I think he'd be a very good deep threat in this in this offense. He's one that always seemed to find his way downfield uh, consistently. He was a he was a faster guy. Uh, obviously, that's why they you know, throw it to him downfield. And he, As long as he was there, even Devin Hester, I really wanted to say Devin Hester, but I feel like that was one you were going to take. Uh, so I went with someone else. I, and I'm going to say Bernard Bering because he was just a consistent deep threat for the Bears then and a little bit after that as well. So I think Bernard Barrington's is the receiver that I'm going to take.
0: Interesting, because I didn't even think about Devin Hester for some reason I didn't wow well, really? I don't know I don't know why I didn't think I mean I thought okay? just you know punt return and kick return and then I you know I, I almost forgot he played receiver but um <laughs> the guy that immediately popped up into my head and because there hasn't been consistent running game is Matt Forte I think if you add in a Matt Forte type of player, he was, I would say, the Le'Veon Bell before the Le'Veon Bell happened because he was being split out wide. He was catching passes. He was running through the tackles. A guy that could just do it all. Imagine having that in the backfield. Already people are wide open in this Matt Nagy offense. Putting a Matt Forte, split him out wide, that's another guy. And as also have a Tariq Cohen. Good luck to any type of defense that would have to guard that. Matt Forte would, I think, expand this offense even more, which is crazy. Which is crazy to think. So that was a guy that I immediately thought of just an all-purpose back who was good, you know, rushed, running the football, could catch the football. Just an all-purpose back and, you know, I think just a guy that was underrated for most of his career in Chicago. So that was a guy that came up for me when I was thinking – what player could I add to Matt Nagy's offense to make it more special to watch on Sundays?
2: All right. Uh, let's not get too far on that. What? Because Matt Forte wasn't on the 2016. It was I know Jones that. It was Cedric Benson, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, no, no. It was any former Bears player.
2: Oh, I thought it was just 2006.
0: Oh, I maybe I should have clarified. Yeah, no, no, no. Matt Forte was not on that team, any former Bears player. That's – um. Yeah, that's oh, where uh, Kyle wanted yeah, us to go know. with that. Does gotcha. that change your answer at all then, Brandon? Uh,
2: uh um, Now, nah, stick with Bernard.
0: Okay, stick with Bernard. I thought you were going to say like Bernard. a Johnny I think Knox he still just fit. to take – I mean, yeah. You know what?
2: I could have said Johnny Knox. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, well, no, he wasn't really around long enough to really prove what he could have been, unfortunately.
0: But he think. did have burners. That is for sure. He did have
1: freaking burners. He did have burners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Brandon, let's go to our fourth question of the night, and it comes from Caleb. Caleb, here's your question.
1: Hey, Bears brothers. This is Caleb from the north side. I'm calling to talk about Trubisky. Uh, I was listening to his post-game interview uh, with the press conference, and I was really surprised by his tone uh, after playing a lights-out game. He seemed very,
0: uh, I don't know, serious. And the thing that kind of seemed to be bothering him was when
2: people
1: would ask about essentially the haters, and how people have been questioning his ability. Um, I guess my question is, when do you think the haters stop hating, especially after Trubisky's been putting up great numbers? And also, uh,
0: you know, I I guess we all just want to hope that Trubisky starts feeling at home in Chicago uh, and starts feeling the love. So I'm wondering when that's going to start happening. You guys have a great week, and bear down.
2: Kill. that's a good question because I would also like people to start Feeling the love for Trubisky. And I said from week one, all we have to do is be patient and we will see him really start to grow. All we got to do is give it time. And sure enough, now we're starting to see it. Now we're starting to see how good of a quarterback he really is. and He's still not done growing. I mean, we haven't even seen the whole playbook yet. We've seen a lot of the same uh, plays out of the same three formations uh, this season. That's really been simplified. Uh, So just wait till we see what happens when the whole playbook opens up, when he understands the offense a lot better, when he's got a year of better playing experience I said better for a reason. Um, under his belt, we, we know that he's a dual threat guy. He can, you know, we've seen him run the ball. We've seen him throw the ball deep, hit these deep passes. And I know that there's some people that still, well, he may not be the most accurate downfield, but the stats don't lie. I mean, we know exactly what he's done. You, he passes the eye test for me. Uh, so, I mean, I I would like to see the hate stop as soon as possible. But some people just have it brought up in their mind that, well, Ryan Pay should have taking you know Patrick Mahomes because he's lighting the league up but I don't know that people you know really put serious thought into the fact that Mahomes sat for a year under Alex Smith under Matt Nagy and was just really able to learn it uh Trubisky was literally just thrown into the fire here and that's you know different compared to sitting there watching it taking mental reps uh having a mentor above him uh to be able to show him hey this is how it's done this is how it's done that's why they brought in Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray uh be able to help expedite that process and they did have to shorten the playbook a little bit but i think that you know the haters need to really take a step back and really really take a close look at what trubisky's doing out there because he's passing the eye test for me he's passing the stat test for me Uh, there's a lot of things that he's doing well and the sooner we can get this kid love man he deserves it
0: you know brandon i have a different approach to this i think you know if you don't have haters did you make it And I think that's the reason why Trubisky has hairs, because he has success. Because those guys that had this preconceived notion of Trubisky coming out of the draft, he was drafted way too high, the Bears shouldn't have moved up to get him, he's going to be a bust. Look what he did in his rookie season, and now he's playing the way he is. Those Michael Lombardis, those Brady Quinns, you know, Bill Barnwells of the world, are saying, man, how can I spin it now to where it can fit my narrative to where he's still not a good quarterback so I think the hate is only going to going to continue because Trubisky is playing well. And you know what? At this point, Mitch Trubisky was getting the hate when he wasn't playing well. He's getting the hate now that he is. And I don't expect that to stop because there are those those people that have their minds set that Trubisky is not going to be good and they're going to make whatever they can. Now, here's the thing. Now, did you hear that people are criticizing Trubisky because his receivers – don't drop passes, now that is the negative remark. That doesn't
2: even make sense.
0: That doesn't make sense because your playmakers that you brought in for a reason are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Now that is a criticism. That has got to be the stupidest thing. I think that was Lombardi. Michael Lombardi, I think, said that today where, oh, his his one, he said that the receivers are wide open and they don't drop passes. Holy, like, yes, that's why you Good. bring in an Allen Robinson. <laughs> that's why you draft, a, you know, an Anthony Miller, a, get a Trey Burton, a Taylor Gabriel. Like, that is the stupidest argument you could make for a quarterback. I wonder what the the, the uh, stats are for Jared Goff's receivers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, all those guys. It's stupid. It's stupid. So, when do I think it'll, the, the hate will stop? Never. I don't think it'll ever stop. And I know... Caleb also asks, uh, he wants Trubisky to feel at home. I think he does. You know, I think he just want. he always has played with that chip on his shoulder, being the number two overall pick in the draft a couple years ago, that he just wants to live up to that. And I think, Trubi- I mean, Trubisky, Chicago has really embraced him for the most part. Uh, there was that time, that period where it was a little shaky, but I think he's really, you know, played well. People are starting to embrace him and... You know, I think he loves this city as well. So he couldn't have asked for a better situation with a better head coach. But, yeah, that's that's now the thing people are talking about, Brandon. His receivers I, I are good. I think you're
2: right, though. I mean, like, the hate's going to keep coming because he's good. Uh, so you bring up a very good point there. Uh, but also, if you want to find something bad in somebody, you typically are finding what you look for. Uh, so for me, my glass is always more times than not half full so that's why I see a lot of good things in a lot of these players I'm a little more optimistic I think than the uh, average national media guy uh, just to, to throw something in there um, so I, that's why I see a lot of good Trubisky I like to see the love start coming his way and I think it will uh, but he just has to be able to sustain it which he absolutely can he definitely has potential to do it as long as Matt Nagy and him are here for the long run which I think they will be I'll sign for that uh, so it's, it's, it's an interesting time uh, but unfortunately you find what you're looking for and a lot of these national media guys just want to keep their, their their narrative like you said so they're going to find any way to tear them apart.
0: So dumb but that's what that's a day and age we live in and it doesn't help with social media but we won't even get into that so the hate's <laughs> going to keep on coming but Trubisky's going to keep on playing well that's what we, ho- we are hoping for. Alright Brandon let's go to our fifth question of the night and it comes from a caller from Denver, Colorado. Here's your question.
2: Hey Bears bros. Mike calling in from Denver, Colorado. I keep hearing this team hasn't beaten anyone good, yet the Vikings have played nearly an identical schedule, but are consistently ranked higher without the same criticism. So, how good do you think the Bears are? Do you think we actually contend if we make it to the playoffs? Thanks, guys.
0: Like you, I've been hearing that the Bears haven't beat anyone. They're they're not proven. Um, you know, that's People just say that when again their narrative isn't being you know uh, the way that they want it to go. The Bears are six and three in the top of the NFC North. I don't think a lot of people expected that. So then they look. Well, why are they six and three? Who have they beaten? You beat the Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, Cardinals, the Lions, those kind of teams. Yeah, that's going to help. But still, uh, like you said, the Vikings. They have played a you know pretty similar schedule. They did play. The Los Angeles Rams already, the Eagles, the Saints. So those are some tough opponents, obviously the Eagles being the Super Bowl champions from last year. But pretty similar, and you make a good point that the Vikings don't get um, criticized for playing a similar type of schedule like the Bears and are consistently ranked higher. Well, let the the rankings do what they do. It's all going to change this weekend anyway. On Sunday night when the two play, we'll see what the Bears are actually uh, up against and if they can contend with uh, the Vikings, and I definitely think they can. So how good do I think the Bears can be? Well, you saw it. We talked about it earlier in this podcast. They just got moved. They got flexed again to another Sunday night game. Obviously, the league thinks they can play, and you know what? I'm pretty sure everybody on this Bears Bros staff can also agree with that. The Bears are legit. Whether people, national media guys want to believe it, they are legit. They have a top five offense. Uh, yeah. They have a top five offense in terms of scoring. Defense, we know they're playing lights out. So I think that this Bears team can contend with anybody right now. It's going to be a close game. And in terms of making the playoffs, you win at least ten. You're at least, I think, and again to the wild card. So I don't think it's just a one and done. This is not a one and done team, even though they're in it I think the biggest thing, inexperienced. Matt Nagy being a first-year head coach. This would be Trubisky's, obviously, first time in the playoffs. So that might come back to hurt them. But this is a team that whoever they get matched up with, wild card, or if they're hosting a, a game, a playoff game in Soldier Field, I like the Bears' chances. I know at least it's going to be close. Brandon, what are your thoughts about the Bears and how good are they?
2: We were just talking about how good this, this defense is in one of the previous questions comparing it to the, to the 2006 team similarities there. So how good the Bears team is Uh, another one is going to be how well do they score? And like you said, they're top five in scoring. And as long as they keep the opponent out of the end zone, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, a very basic football thing, can you score more than your opponent? And right now that's what the Bears are doing. I, they are outscoring their opponent and keeping them out of the end zone. So, I mean, even though their schedule may not necessarily be the toughest, even though they've played similar opponents to, to Minnesota, uh, I, I don't see, you know, this this weekend is a very, very good benchmark for this team. Uh, we will see how good they actually are, and we know that they'll be in the game. Uh, that I definitely don't doubt. We've seen it from week one when we played uh, Green Bay. Uh, we I know I wasn't expecting them to come out firing like that. They scored on their, what, first two possessions, something along those lines. I went, whoa, this is a different Bears team, and it still feels that way uh, and different in a good way. So can they actually contend in the playoffs? Yeah, I think they can. I think this is a very good year. Will they get very far? That's yet to see, uh, yet to be determined, I guess. So, it this weekend is a very good, very good mark to see where they're at as far as how good they actually are.
0: Yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we just know, and we haven't seen the Bears get blown out of a game. They've been leading actually most games this season, yes. so that's different. We don't we we're not used to seeing Bears teams actually lead for the majority of the game, and maybe at the end just kind of you know fall apart. And you know that's happened. They're, they're a young team. They're still gonna learn. They still need to learn how to you know win those close games, and that's perfectly fine. We this like we said, they're exceeding expectations, and we are all for it. We we love where this team is going, and it's only it, it's only. You know, like you said, it will be a benchmark this week, but the the potential is so high. The potential is so high for this team. So let's just uh, not take it for granted and just see where this team can, you know, end up. All right, Brandon, we have our last question of the night, and this one's a fun one. This is another one of those, you know, no stats are going to back this up. It don't have to have (laughs) a strong opinion. It's just a fun hypothetical question. All right, and it comes from... Knoxville Tennessee here's your question
2: hey guys this is Nolan from Knoxville Tennessee um so my question is uh we know Matt Nagy isn't afraid to try something unconventional on offense so what do y'all think about uh him bringing back like a fridge package and having a big man from the defensive side of the ball and putting him on offense so what would you all think about uh what could they do with that? And who would you guys like to see do that? Thanks. Love the show guys. I, I think this is one where, where we can see a fridge like package, uh, because we've seen Matt Nagy do the T formation a couple of times this year. So we know he likes to, you know, the bears were founded on this. We're going to, you know, I'm going to show that something we can stick to. We know our history of this team. I think we can see a Hicks back there, uh, taking a handoff from Mr. Biskey and hopefully he doesn't take his arm off. So uh, that would definitely be a goal line set situation or a third and short or fourth and short, uh, definitely depending on the game situation. Uh, So I, I think that it's possible that we could definitely see it. And I think it would be a Keem Hicks. I think he would absolutely relish that opportunity Uh, because we've seen Bryce Callahan and Andy Jackson line up on offense. So why not just go ahead and throw a Keem Hicks in there
1: as well.
0: That would be so scary as an opposing (laughs) defensive player to see Akeem Hicks with a football in his hands going into the end zone. Like, that's not happening. If I'm a defensive player, I'm running the opposite way. But you know who I I think would actually be pretty good with this? I'm going to go with Jonathan Bullard. Bullard. Jonathan Bullard, because he has that quick burst. That's what he's been known for, and we haven't seen enough of it. So you give him the ball. Man, I wonder if he's, you know, jumping over people and stuff like that. And <laughs> that would be interesting to see, and maybe he's got a new calling. Jonathan Bullard is going to be the goal line back in a, you know, tight formation. When you need that touchdown, need that extra yard, when you know the defense is stacking the box, put in Jonathan Bullitt. We'll see what happens if he's able to get into the end zone. That'd be interesting, though. I think you made a really good point, Brandon, about bringing the T formation that first Sunday night game against the Green Bay Packers. I wouldn't doubt that Nagy would, would, wouldn't would do something like that. Why not? I mean, you, like you said, defensive players have already made their mark on on the offense this season. <laughs> Why not throw a Three hundred pound plus guy in the backfield to say get into the end zone. I mean, I'm all for it. That would be that would be really cool to see. But Brandon, that that's all the questions for tonight's show. I mean, again, our callers did a fantastic job this week, and we are so thankful that we we had so many submissions from around the world again, which is so cool. So, Brandon, I mean, again, we're thankful, and every time we've done this, if we didn't mention that. This uh, yet on this show, every time we've done an audio mailbag, the Bears have won.
2: And you know what? We're going to do one, too, on the short week when the Bears play. After after Sunday night going into Thanksgiving, we're still going to find time to do one. So keep sending your questions in because we love it.
0: Yeah, so obviously the Bears play on Sunday night. Right after that game. Right after, maybe even during halftime. And if you have a question or if you have anything about the Bears, just give us a call. The number is 872-240-4007. Again, that number is 872-240-4007. Send in your questions. We are in a short week, so we're going to need those questions a little bit quicker come next week after that Minnesota Vikings, hopefully victory, because we're going to crank it out. We are not stopping. It doesn't matter if it's a short week, it's Thanksgiving week, it's it's Lions week. It doesn't matter. We are going to do the podcast, and we are looking forward to those Bears questions. But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And make sure you tune in for tomorrow's preview podcast for this Sunday night matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down,
1: Chicago.